Adicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. And we are now in Monster May. Yeah. Uh, fun times. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're doing Devil's Carnival and Alleluia Devil's Carnival. Um, yeah, because like together it's like two hours and 20 minutes or so yeah irrelevant but um yeah do you have any history with it no (laughs) so this came out in 2012 um and in 2012 i was in so i didn't really have time for anything but uh it's familiar because it has several people that we covered in a movie earlier this year yes Um, but I have no actual history with it beyond watching it just now that is fair I mean same Um, my history the extent of my history with it is I was looking at a Wikipedia page for musicals um listed by year or musical films listed by year that they came out and it is just in a list of musicals that I've put together like hey we might cover these and that's it <laughs> um, yeah like like you obviously I recognize faces from um, Repo Genetic Opera and it was also written by the same person mm-hmm. and yeah so yeah, that is my interest. <laughs> I will say the, I mean, I guess, but we'll we'll get to it because it's like an hour away. But um, Alleluia, um, Devil's Carnival has like, have you ever seen the show Cold Case? <laughs> I think so. Where are you going with this? It just has that vibe because like. You know, cold case, if you don't know what it is, it's like a crime procedural where they solve cold cases and they um, tend to have, like, flashbacks, obviously, to, like, Mm -hmm. what happened. And a lot of these tend to be happening in, like, not, like, 10 years ago, but, like, in the 20s and in the 30s and 40s and stuff like that. And it just, it had that vibe for me. So much so that I had to, like, look up if anyone was involved was in like was involved in sort of the production of any episode of cold case and that is not the case and that was surprising to me um because i was like this is the same thing it's like an extended scene from, <laughs> from cold case <laughs> and they also use the flashback thing so you know anyways we'll get there when we get there devil's carnival <laughs> okay so uh, again, the reason that we did both of them uh, is because the story from one literally flows into the next one, like it's a second episode, uh, rather than like uh, some sequels that tend to jump time. It's literally really close after. We start off with this figure who is Paul Sorvino, 
Um, and he is painting the faces of dolls as in the background uh, there's the song Heavens All Around and I mean he's the one that's singing it but he's not actually physically singing it in the film Yes, but we also get to look at three individuals who we're going to follow throughout the movie da 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 this scene reminds me of that one scene in Insidious where um, the dad like goes in to you the... don't even know how I said that when I was watching it so the fact that you bring it up means something <laughs> there was something there cause I said that <laughs> The one scene where, like, um, Patrick Wilson's character goes to find his son in purgatory or hell or the nether realm. I don't know. Um, I don't remember what they call it. But he goes to find his son, and his son is, like, cowering in the corner of this place where there's, like, this demon-ish guy that kind of resembles what Lucifer looks like in this movie. And mm-hmm. he's doing some kind of craft, kind of like what God is doing in this movie. And yeah, and also the song just has like the same, because there's a song that plays that scene, kind of has the same vibes. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> it has a very like, uh, fi- not 50s, 40s, 20s, I don't know. But like the... The, the, the crackle of it and like the way it comes through and the way it's sung is very reminiscent of like something that's older than the present mm-hmm. and a bit stuck in time and yes. the allegory that comes becomes much clearer in the second movie of like what heaven quote unquote represents in, in the scope of this world it becomes so much clearer why they would make that kind of choice for them the three people that we get introduced to uh, we have a man john he's in the bathroom and you hear him say something along the lines of where's your little where's your little son gonna sleep john something like that Uh, and he's looking at a picture of a child so we can immediately assume that something happened with the child then we get introduced to a young woman who is running into a car running from a man who seems to be determined to speak with her very aggressively so we can kind of guess uh where that's going and the third person is uh this another woman but she's running into a trailer and she's peeling off a disguise um, and she seems to have like a lot of jewels with her so we can get the idea that she's some kind of thief um but John is oh and and the themes in this are kind of dark like to start off with like it doesn't get much lighter Uh, so yeah John is in the bathroom because he is Tamara who is the woman who is running from the angry man is under threat of gun from him after she locks him out of the car and the thief Marywood Miss Merrywood is under threat of gun because the police are after her <laughs> uh, and seem to have cornered her in this trailer. 
only one of those three things does not fit. Yeah, I know. When they get to hell, I'm like, "Mm, don't know about that one. The other two, I'm like, okay, I guess. But (laughs) we'll get there. (laughs) But the implication is that uh, all of these things attract the presence of uh, the devil. And he sends his minions. He goes after John kind of directly. But he sends his minions out to collect their souls. We don't actually see them die. But it's implied that they're dead and their souls are being collected and dragged down to hell. So when they awaken, uh, I think John awakens first. He's like fully dressed, whereas in the bathroom uh, he was not. And there's a letter that repeats uh, the things that he had said. When Marywood wakes up, there's a sign behind her that says, do not trust this person. It's just, I feel like it's for us Mm. and not for her. And when Tamara wakes up, she's dressed in a like blue dress bowl. She looks like a little doll. Um, Very pretty. Yeah, she has like a very circular uh, bang <laughs> circular like a circular blunt bang just like hovering above her forehead we get introduced to the idea properly now that this is a giant carnival that they are in i.e. the devil's carnival and we can also see that the devil seems to be like we don't get introduced to him like properly properly for a while but he seems to be reading from a book um he has an assistant known as the ticket keeper and he goes to the existing carnies and tells them that there's three new arrivals and so he calls out the ones that are going to be performing with them painted doll uh is one that i mentioned because she becomes more important in the second film. Uh, but we have Painted Doll, who has like a half broken face. The twin, who looks regular, he has like a real big hat, but he looks completely normal, kind of. Um, the Hobo Clown, which just sent me back to Chicago in cellophane. And. and the scorpion who is not present at the time when they're calling out but painted doll is assigned to go and cage him to ready him um the other carnies are a bit displeased one of them in particular who seems to be sort of a magician kind um is asked about it and then is immediately cowed by the idea that uh, he's going against uh, the rules of uh, the master, the devil, uh, and he doesn't want that heat. So uh, he actually gets tricked by a small person, uh, fool character, um, who pretends to be uh, the devil just to scare him for a moment. The other three, mainly John and Miss Mary wouldn't thief 
are wandering around like the carnival grounds and not really interacting with anyone but everyone has like their eyes on them because they, I guess they can tell that they're new. Mary Woods and John meet up realizing that they both have tickets go in and they meet the ticket. Oh I forgot like there's a song the devil's carnival that happens. Welcome to the devil's carnival. Come one come two come all to the devil's carnival. It's like a lot of chanting and then like recitative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's what I would describe it as. It's very like bombastic and like loud and like ooh, if I were in that situation, I'd be super like overwhelmed and overstimulated. <laughs> Um, like I don't know what's happening and I don't know if I want to know also I found out that um, the I realized rather that the actress who plays Tamara is the one actress from 90210 she like plays like a mean girl or something Mm. in 90210 not like Beverly Hills 90210 but the one that happened in like 2009 or whatever and also Miss Marywood is played by Aunt, the the actress that plays Andy in the Step Up movies. So like the main actress from Step Up 2. That's who she is. I'm looking at her yeah. face and I'm like, I kind of sort of know you, but it's not. Yeah. Like I had, I had a whole moment. <laughs> in the second movie when I realized Adam Pascal was in there. I was like, Adam? Yep. Yep. Adam. <laughs> I was like, I... Because I, I didn't recognize his face and then he sang. And I was like, excuse? <laughs> um, but, yes. Okay. Uh, we're distracted. The ticket keeper. They approach and they give the ticket keeper ticket keeper uh, Miss Merriweather playing off she seems to be kind of slick with it playing off like they're together um, but the ticket keeper of course knows who they are like of course John is looking for his son so he doesn't have time for this <laughs> Marywood sees like this is all during the song 666 um explaining the laws of the carnival to them but yeah i think mary would see like a a thing for a brochure there we go for like a really large diamond and she's like i'm all over this like it doesn't i feel like she's so single-minded like they wrote her so single-minded because she's like you are now in a very strange place you don't know what happened to you in the in-between but you're a klepto so you have to steal maybe like her yeah. personality is nothing but thievery yeah. <laughs> that is, is true i think or at least i would I, I i assume that when you get to the carnival you just become like your sin yeah because there's no way in hell heaven earth that that <laughs> woman was like this on earth mm-hmm because that's not a person <laughs> so yeah. I'm assuming like you just become your sin once you get to hell so that you can eternally be punished for it I don't know 
666. That's truly it. And just a bunch of rapping. Um, <laughs> rapping. Listen to TV. Um, but yeah. So Tamara, who hasn't met the other two, is in the back of uh, the carnival, still wandering around. She hasn't escaped. Um, but she runs into the scorpion who I'm guessing she thinks is someone like her who wound up there because he asks her to free him and she does and I'm just like if I see a man (laughs) in a cage I'm not really sure (laughs) like I have several questions to ask beforehand but she lets him out immediately trusts him because like he asks her like pretty much straight after that like do you trust me and she's like sure why not and I'm like girl what (laughs) I think maybe it's like I don't know what outside of it being like you know an amplified version of what she might have been like on earth or like she became her sin or whatever but like maybe it helps that he his design is the same as hers I don't know (laughs) maybe Uh, But this person turns out to actually be the scorpion that uh, was mentioned previously. So the scorpion is free and then like they start a kind of immediate flirtation shit. While John is like looking for his son, Daniel. He spots him, I think hugs him, and then Daniel runs off again causing John to chase after him he ends up in the tent and I think this is when Alexa Vega appears yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and it's um kiss the girls yes kiss the girls I was trying to remember what does she say in the beginning like miss me miss me now you gotta kiss gotta me ki- it was just like, now you gotta kiss the girls I was like okay <laughs> Sure. It was just like chaos. <laughs> it's complete. It's like they just pile on to him. It's like I don't know what's happening. Apparently, it's um her name is Wick, and those are the Woe Maidens. That's never really clarified in the show. I mean, most <laughs> of these names you kind of only know by like looking it up. Um. At least for me, because like I did not register any name being said in <laughs> real time. It was just like retrospectively when I'm like re- when I was reading the wiki because I needed to read the wiki after watching this because I was like I don't even know what I watched, <laughs> so I had to go back and like read it and like sort of piece it together through that, um, for it to make sense to me because it was so unintelligible to me for the most part I was like I don't even know what's happening what is happening what's happening what's happening so Daniel has actually ended up in Lucifer's I don't know dressing room whatever it is he's there and Lucifer the devil this whole time has been like doing Aesop's fables um that is the book that he opened at the beginning and 
we are going to be going through Aesop's fables in terms of these people. So the one that they start with is the dog and her reflection in terms of Miss Merrywood. So she's going after the diamond. So she goes into a tent uh, and we actually this we actually meet the twin now who is holding on to uh, not a diamond but an egg and he tells her that she will win if she plays this game that she will win the diamond if she plays this game but he transforms his face into her face and she doesn't seem to see herself in the person that is like she doesn't recognize herself at all which I guess is part of the actual story of the dog and the reflection um but Meriwether uh who cannot seem to she can't seem to control her desire to play this game like also, this is all during the song Beautiful Stranger. But she can't seem to like control her desire to not have this diamond. So she ends up playing this game. But it's not a game that she can win. Because uh, she's throwing coins into the egg. And it, <laughs> she was never going to... like She gets so worked up about it. It was never going to happen. And she ends up being like... I was delaying this as long as possible. She ends up being like stripped of like her clothing piece by piece mm -hmm. until she's like naked. Okay. Hello. 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 Beautiful stranger. Da 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 da. Etc. You find that at the end of each of the stories, um, like one, once they complete and the sin has been fulfilled then there is a retelling of of the same story through song but this <laughs> through song yes you know kind of how they did with Repo where where they showed you the thing happening and then in a song flashback they told it to you again they did the same thing here. They've decided that is how they do things. And you know, yep. I can't I can't fault them for like having a method. But uh yep. the hobo clown is uh, the one who sings a penny a penny for a tail. I can't say any other words. I can't remember them. But like yeah, it's like, let me tell you a tale for a penny, yada yada. Um. <laughs> um, I think at this point, John is still looking for Daniel. He runs upon the You know what this doll. also reminds me of? Yes. Saw. Um, and funnily enough, I think the director worked on Saw 2 and 3 and 4, I think worked on like three or four Saw movies anyways but it reminded me of Saw there's like one or two mo of the movies that kind of sort of match this for me there's one where like the it, 
policeman's son or something has been kidnapped and then there's another one where the first person i think or something or the person going through all of the trials is um someone who's grieving their child and like they have to relinquish their grief and like their anger towards all of these people who inadvertently added to the death like at, like were involved in the death of his son um but yeah <laughs> i was just like ooh, this is like saw for some reason but then it also makes sense because someone involved in this was involved in several saw movies yeah he did direct saws two three four and he is directing the next one that is coming the ninth one there are nine saw movies anyway times. <laughs> yes so john is still going through the carnival looking desperately for daniel and he runs upon the painted doll who does not seem to speak um she was in the kissing booth and when he asks for if she knows Daniel's location she just offers a kiss after which she bites his ear um, but I think this was actually before the tent I don't recall but anyway it happened um, but nothing is permanent is the point of this any damage that they take it just it they feel the pain of it but it doesn't affect them uh, with any sort of permanence. The next story that the devil has for young Daniel is the story, the fable of the scorpion and the frog. Tamara is still uh, being romanced by the scorpion. I don't know how much romancing they're actually doing um, because they just met, no. but... <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying like she like trusts him intrinsically like five seconds after meeting him and they go off together and like she there's his he I, I forgot when he actually throws to like demonstrate that he has knife throwing abilities to her um but I he mean, does he, he asks, demonstrates he it he asks if she trusts him but then he just like goes way off ahead or something like that and when she catches mm -hmm. up to him he's like talking to like i think the painted doll like like very closely yeah. with and she's like upset about it and he's like i thought you said you trusted me and she's like i do i do and then he's like okay <laughs> now i shall tie you onto my knife throwing wheel thing it wasn't that they were talking closely they were kissing oh, okay. <laughs> see yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he shouts liar at her which felt so weird and then she just immediately backtracks so he she allows him to like strap her up onto the knife throwing wheel and he like throws like the song trust me is going at the same time um and he throws like two blades which land on the outside and then he throws one right into her chest yeah. Killing her. she's already dead <laughs> trust me trust me darling dear 
something, 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 something. Yeah. Poor girl. Because, by the way, if it wasn't clear what her sin is, is that she lands in abusive relationships. That was her sin. Excuse me? <laughs> what? I I have no idea. Like, what does that even she's mean? There? I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how I, she. Why is she in hell? Explain to me what that is. What does that mean? I don't. I don't know if they were trying to like imply that she lies by having him shout liar at her but like but no because very soon after or whatever because she isn't dead dead obviously because she's already like IRL dead I don't Mm -hmm. know whatever but like in she is like with the devil or whatever and he like seduces her yeah. yeah and Basically, he's like, see, you trust too easily. This is why you're in hell. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> not sure about that, but go off, I suppose. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe it's... I don't know what it's meant to imply. Like, if if they had her being, like, seduced by the devil in the context of the movie then maybe it might imply that she's like because we never actually find out what her boyfriend was so upset about yeah just that he ended up killing her for it yeah yeah if it i mean was whatever it was it wasn't that of, like important. her being manipulative or her yeah. like yeah if it were or like lust because that's like a a deadly sin or whatever you know like yeah i think it would because like, if she like cheated on him or something yeah like if it was so, but like, like there's nothing exactly. they don't give us anything yeah because like okay miss marywood could be greed makes sense cool 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 mm-hmm. um john i guess could be wrath because that's a deadly sin i suppose you know like maybe he was angry about whoever killed his son or however his di- son died and he's grieving but he's just stuck in like the anger stage of grief or something like that and then okay and then her lust that would make sense to me but like <laughs> her being <laughs> her being in hell for something she didn't actively do to herself is a wild thing anyways i don't know um after she quote unquote dies she not she um painted doll tells the story again but she's talking about the scorpion's tail specifically so and her song is prick goes the scorpion's tail in reference to the frog and the scorpion Bring to true love, etc. Um, yeah, this is the only one I think I knew. Like the fable itself, the scorpion and the frog. I think it's the only one I knew going into this. The other two, I'm like, huh? <laughs> well, I knew the dog and its reflection um, a little bit because it's like the whole thing where like the dog 
sees it has like meat and it's carrying it. it sees another dog with meat so it wants that other dog's meat but does not realize it's actually its reflection so it ends up dropping its food into the river and losing it completely um so it's meant to be like don't 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 have hungry eyes <laughs> it's like stop be don't be greedy right that makes sense yeah again okay i guess because uh, the i don't know i guess because like the um scorpion and the frog tail um hinges on like don't trust an untrustworthy person i guess is what it's meant to be right mm-hmm. it's like don't trust yeah. someone who's a bad person um, because they will betray you, essentially. But, like... I just don't see how being gullible is a sin. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I also agree. I don't see how that can be a sin. But I guess because he's using the, the tail, I think they could have found a better fit for mm-hmm. the idea of heaven and hell in yeah. its, you know... Because, like, obviously, we're talking about a Christian heaven and hell. I assume, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. I mean, okay, maybe it's not, but, like, but... I mean, unless her story is meant to imply that... How do I phrase it? Because we saw in the... So Paul Sorvino is God, it's not a secret. Mm-hmm. But he tosses out things that aren't in his eyes imperfect so i think it's meant to represent that the actions if you don't learn from your previous mistakes um you can still end up in a terrible situation i don't know i don't know i guess I guess we'll not really ever know and we could speculate all we want. Um, yeah. But, yeah, because like, it, it doesn't, it still doesn't make sense to me as much as I may try and rationalize it. I'm like, I still don't get it. The last story that uh, the devil reads for Daniel is The Devil and His Doom, which... Unless they had used, used like... I mean, I guess at that point they'd be using the actual Bible, but like Adam and Eve, in which like Eve was seduced into disobeying God by the mm-hmm. evil snake devil, right? So if it were that, if that's what they were implying, I guess maybe. But you see, because they relegated the seduction to the after credits, it doesn't come across that way. Yeah. In like the the whole, because if it's like, if it was like in the actual movie, <laughs> then it might be different. Yeah. But. And maybe again, the that was meant to clear clarify it. Maybe at the end credits sequence, maybe, maybe. it was meant to clarify it, but it didn't do that. But anyways, yes, John. (laughs) Yes, so John, he finally finds uh, Daniel, Uh, but not really, because (laughs) why would Daniel be in hell? There's no reason. Um, 
he's uh he goes his whole thing is grief which i guess is like guilt again i don't know why he's i mean like there's a whole concept of like killing yourself you get sent to hell it's like a sin um i don't prescribe to that but um yeah but it is a thing that is believed commonly yeah so dan the daniel that has been listening to the stories is actually um the fool character again just uh transformed into the guise of the sun um it's just more torture for john yeah uh i think john sings grief at this point something 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 um yeah, I don't know. It feels like I can't pin down what the melody actually is, even though it's repeated at least twice. But yeah, so that happens, and the devil is basically telling uh, John that the reason that he's there... Again, I don't understand why. But he says the reason he's there is because he couldn't uh, let, go of his let go of his grief. Which, I don't again, see why grief... <laughs> puts you in hell but again like i said this is an exact sort of mirror to that one i i wish i looked it up but the one saw movie where the whole thing was that he had to let go of his grief and i think by the end he hadn't or something and he gets punished and killed for it by um jigsaw so so I don't know maybe it's just like a thing with um, that person who was involved in both um, that uh, Darren yeah maybe I don't know but it, it, it happens more than once John like has a complete complete breakdown and he decides that he is gonna give up his grief and the devil's like well alright <laughs> <laughs> let's go to heaven like he walks out of a bright white door and like he's and the ticket keeper is like you let him go to heaven that's a thing that we do <laughs> the devil reveals that he actually has a, a greater plan to it all like he's planning on like fully disrupting the the current state of affairs and like sending more of the condemned up to heaven so that he can get up there basically by exploiting loopholes i guess in the rules yeah which all right i guess you can repent for your sins in hell and be sent back to heaven i don't quite understand how that works but that's i guess what the rule books say like I don't I again don't understand how that works but I guess that there we go he's like okay well he's no longer actively exhibiting the sin that got him here in the first place go to heaven now and he's singing grace for sale and it is announced that they are going to go to war with heaven and then the movie ends 
and like the credits are off to hell we go which is kind of the opposite because you're going to heaven that's what was just said but yes <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean I guess it's like hi ho hi ho that's off to where we go do, 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 mm -hmm. do, do. Um, but yeah there it's more chanting also in the credits is the thing that we yeah mentioned before which is uh the cut scene that has the song in all my dreams i drown which is sung by tamara uh and the devil and it's a good song i like it Etc. Yeah, and then that movie ends. In the pickup to um, Alleluia the Devil's Carnival, we get like a previously on Devil's Carnival kind of thing. <laughs> um, where they show like two seconds of the previous movie, and if you're watching it back to back, it's like, I didn't need this, but if you're not, then you, <laughs> you did. I mean, to be fair to them. They came, came out years later. Yeah. <laughs> a couple years and later. And that one came out in 2015. Yep. So rather than making people go back and watch the whole movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> so with that film completed, now we just immediately trick into its sequel, The Devil's Carnival. Or actually, Alleluia, The Devil's Carnival. This is primarily set in heaven, by the way, whereas Devil's Carnival was entirely set in hell. Yes. I think because we've already like established that the devil has a carnival. Um, they were giving us another point of view. Yeah. We start off with the devil conducting a train. Um, we see Mary Woods as part of the crew of people that are shoveling coal, I guess, into the fires of the train to go. And they're singing Shovel and Bone as kind of like a work song to uh, make the workers keep going more and more and faster and faster. Oh my god, you know what just like smacked me in the face about this? What? Two things. Firstly, okay. Town. Yes. <laughs> Duh. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and second thing the good place because they also have a train that oh, dude, goes to I hell. I never finished watching the good place. Oh, I really like it. So I don't know. <laughs> oh no, I like it. I just never finished it. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. It's uh, so yeah. They both have trains to hell and heaven. I guess. Well, earth and hell in Hades Tom's case. But anyways, yes, shovel and bone. <laughs> interspersed in it um, I was just saying is a theme uh, the Alleluia version that is uh, I, I'm not sure if it gets its own I don't remember does it get its own song uh, at the end credits it does but uh, you just get clips of it as like a little motif throughout and it's also part of a thing that uh, people say but we'll get into that 
etc. We get introduced to the agent. Uh, we've already met God, who is Pasarim, and the agent, who is Am Pascal. He is here. I will say this is not like my favorite look of his ever. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's here. He He's never, they never say he's like a particular angel or whatever, but I feel like that's kind of what he's representing. Yeah. Um, but he's basically God's quote unquote lapdog. Like he's number one. And there are numbers one through seven in the ranking of people who live and work in heaven. Um, so he's he's one of the number ones. Well, I think because, um, as we said, like at the end of Devil's Carnival, John gets sent to heaven, and he's sent yeah. basically like a toy box. I'm like he appears in like a toy box in heaven or something in a box of some kind um in like god's office i suppose and so mm-hmm. when we meet the agent talking to god at the time he's basically saying i'm getting all of these people from hell um something suspicious is happening but mm-hmm. then we get a flashback which is the part that resembled cold case to me not only in this there's just a lot of it that resembles cold case i wish i could articulate it better but it's like the sort of lens flary sort of thing that they have going on and the fact that it's set in like quote unquote the past um in a flashback mm-hmm. and just like because like a lot of that talking and stuff the way that they talk and all of that is very reminiscent of how you know they talk in scenes set in that same time period in cold case which i guess is just how they talked in that time period and are in the real <laughs> world i guess but you know it just that's the part to me that i was like oh wait i think also looking at like the uniform that the agent wears and like so uh the translators who end up being the ones that uh, capture Mary Woods and um, take her to be interrogated and she's um, the interrogation is paused when the agent comes to see her and asks her about the because when Meriwether was on the train she picked up a ring of some kind and like her greed was incited and that's what made her continue to work uh, more and faster because she was looking for more but Mary Woods doesn't actually have any information about the ring. She just found it. Or that's what we are led to believe. We'll, we'll get to the flashback proper in a bit because the agent actually has ties to that ring. And that's why he was asking Mary Wood about it in the first place. Um, but he leaves her to the translators who are dressed like old uh, British bobbies kind of a thing. Uh, with like the the hats and like the if you see them you understand what I mean their faces are painted what if you've ever seen like the video game We Happy Few it's that kind of feel 
but she's left with the translators. God's portrayal in this film is very much like overlord, not so gentle. Because um, he, when we first met him, we had this image of him. He's, he's known as like a worker of clay or what have you. And he has this person who's like stitched up. It's real unsettling. And he blames like this influx of people from hell as uh, damaging his concentration. That is why he ends up assigning a mission to the agent for him to for him to go down to hell the agent is not sure about this but more on that later and then actually in hell the ticket keeper is <laughs> he's, he's speaking to some of the other denizens of hell um, because uh, they've uh, they've been making more railroad spikes and he wants them to make weapons because they're going to war and they're not actually ready and he doesn't understand the devil's plan because the devil isn't communicating with him. Yep. So he's very much lost um, about what happened. But while he's in there to have a conversation with the devil, a mysteriously cloaked figure enters the room in like a velveteen green cloak and the devil dismisses the ticket keeper so that he can tell another fable His like he pastime. tends to <laughs> but rather than this being a shorter fable this one takes up the, the entire movie, movie. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but this one is the filly and the lapdog which I'm pretty sure is not an actual fable and I could be wrong but I don't think it is flashbacks the flashback is in the story so so we flashback to but the time is ambiguous because the setting never changes pretty much we just know that it's in the past based on how some people dress but yeah and like the hairstyle is like it's yeah um it just has the yeah. vibe there is one called the ass and the lap dog might be that one <laughs> what's it about <laughs> um okay an ass sees a lap dog fawn over and decides to sit on the master's lap like the dog bad move as the ass quickly finds out i'm not sure um <laughs> i'd have to like read <laughs> all of it but it is um another one of the like aesop tale things okay yeah all right well we know that it exists okay mm -hmm. that's good news um heaven is like a corporation where you can apply to which I'm guessing applicants are just dead people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you apply and then if you get rejected, you get sent down to hell or whatever. So basically, yeah. like that one meme that everybody did when uh, Call Me By Your Name came out 
of like mm-hmm. being at heaven's gate and you're talking to God or whoever and then Lomaz goes down on his pole on the somewhere off on the side mm-hmm. so basically this whole movie is that part that room itself yes it is but it's like a group of women and they're getting shown around and we get introduced to two of the main ones because they're the only ones that get names out of that group Cora and June June appears late um so when they're first introduced shown around um they go up to this screen that's like projecting the publicist <laughs> I was trying to remember the name of the person that does the announcements because oh. David Hasselhoff is the design David Hasselhoff is in this movie yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he appears and you're like yeah. <laughs> As I was watching, I was like, is that it kinda looks I'll just wait till he comes back. He's probably gonna come back. They're not gonna pay David Hasselhoff that much for like three seconds. So but he is the designer. The publicist is the one that is doing the announcements next to the uh Rosie Bayonets, which are the three women that are there doing the singing. Um all of this to say they're singing the song all aboard everybody's doing the arc <laughs> that's when they introduce a whole dance <laughs> yeah like prop steeple port starboard i was like okay everybody's doing the arc and then yeah there's just like a a bit where they do uh, Rocky Horror Picture like um, time warp <laughs> time type moment where it's like this yeah. thing, this thing, this thing, and everybody's doing it. Fun times, yay party! Oh, it's the publicist and his ladies of virtue. I should have just looked at the songs, then you yeah. would have reduced my confusion. Uh, <laughs> it's it's very like I keep going in between the 20s and the 50s because I have no idea what happens in between um (laughs) but is it more 20s or more 50s it feels yeah you're kind of right it's kind of like a a a mixture of the two um like there's a a very strong 20s vibe yeah but like there's also kind of like a 50s sensibility the style of dress and everything is is a lot more 50s yeah than it is 20s i think but yeah it's like yeah it's like a weird mix of the two eras june of years um she kisses cora uh when they when they meet they're like best friends you could tell from how they interact um June seems to be from the get go more of like a troublemaker type character. Serena Vanderwissen. <laughs> but that's how they're always portrayed. She doesn't do anything terrible just yet. And they seem to just be going around. Also, everyone has armbands, and I'm not going to say that heaven is an allegory for Nazis (laughs) but I'm just gonna say it's implied it is is heavily implied 
um, that is, I think, potentially the only... Like, you can't look at the agent and not think it. Yep. That is all. <laughs> Which is why I found it strange that they juxtaposed it with, like, the British bodies. Um, but, you know, that is outside of me. I am not a costumier. I had and no part in deciding what these people wore. Yep. But so <laughs> they're being shown around to different parts of heaven, I guess. And they go to the library where they meet the librarian who we again get introduced to June's sort of tenacity a bit because June wants to immediately know about the forbidden section of yeah. books like She's there's like a whole super thing mischievous and kind of like nothing can hurt us we're in heaven kind of thing and it's like babe what <laughs> incorrect but <laughs> you can still be sent to hell babe that happens and the importance of keeping things in line uh are again stated then they go to see the workhorses um which are actually the number sevens and they are kept in control by the designer who is again david hasselhoff who sings uh the song only by design da 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 only by design da 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 and so on while this happens though because june is pulled forward by the designer she ends up stealing an armband um so i'm just like girl please yeah so they're watching a filming of one of the songs that are sung by the the publicist they're not singing at the moment but um the ladies of virtue are like answering questions in that like ask me anything way it's just like his ladies want to know xyz it's like we only do duh. a bunch of people come in and they end up taking away one of the ladies of virtue um it's like i'm gonna be made into a number one i don't know about that but <laughs> she gets taken away and immediately june is like do you really do you really think they're gonna make her like the number one? Let's go see. Like, let's go, like, actually, like, follow them and see. And Cora, who is in love with June, <laughs> goes with her. Like, she's in love. Um, so they go after them, but they have no idea where they went. And because they're separated from their group, of course, the translators, who are the police, find them and june lies because of course she does and she says they were looking for the powder room and then cora tells the truth because of course she does and said that they only wanted to see where they were going so their stories conflict which means that i think they were going to take them in regardless of what they said to be very yep. honest <laughs> probably <laughs> but they take them into the interrogation room and they sing the song um, Good Little Dictation Machines which results in them like physically hurting each other as they're like 
Like it makes them hit each other in the process, which is too much power, honestly. So the agent comes in, seeing this debacle happening, um, and kind of lets them off with a warning because he likes June, like, instantly. Like, he looks at her and is just like, wow. Uh, <laughs> and Even in heaven, men are so weak. I'm kidding. So kidding. <laughs> I am joking. Oh that God. was a joke. Please do not take me seriously. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but apparently, the watchword, who is like, the newspaper and press in heaven uh, knows, even though he was outside of the room, I guess, knows and takes a photo of June as she's leaving and it's like instantly printed uh, something about uh, him being attracted to her. Amazing. <laughs> and of course, God finds out so when god calls the agent um in to see him the agent tries to deny it uh initially um saying that of course he's only like his only purpose is to serve the what serve you it's like there's nothing else my guy please god then twists the situation and orders the agent to seduce her like to to demonstrate his loyalty and I'm just like so you're going to make him it's it's a little twisted I'm not gonna lie I mean it's <laughs> I, that's I guess the point <laughs> um but yeah have him like I guess seduce her to prove that she sucks so that she can go to hell I guess Yes, but it also like immediately twists his own feelings. So whatever might have been budding as like innocently and pure as it was, yeah. it's now colored with the fact that he has to do this to prove his loyalty yeah. to God and in the end is likely going to end up as a significant betrayal to her. Yeah. Despite whatever he might feel in between. That I don't think is very holy, but you know, Lamau. <laughs> La they start meeting up a bit more. I don't know when they have a time or how long it actually goes on for. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I'm not entirely sure how long this ap application process takes. Yeah. Eventually, the agent takes her to, uh, bar slash nightclub like area where he ends up singing and this is the moment that I knew it was Adam so I was just like oh mm -hmm. it's Roger it's I, I can't hear his, <laughs> his tone is just like you recognize it mm -hmm. so I'm just like I was just like who the heck huh but by the way, something so that we didn't mention is that um, 
Jesus from uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, the movie, is here. Ted Neely. Yeah, he's the... (laughs) (laughs) He's the, um, he's the publicist. Yeah. I did not know that he was the Jesus from Jesus Christ Superstar. That did not... That went over my head. Like, I saw him and I was like, wait, that face? Familiar. (laughs) And I, yeah, I can see why that immediately, like, struck you. Because of that, like, (laughs) the, uh, like, rasp, like, it's very Roger. (laughs) It is. You cannot hide from me, Adam Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I never see your face, I will know your voice. Yeah. <laughs> so he's singing, and like June is feeling it. Of course she is, because um, he has a wonderful voice. And they dance a little bit, and then God appears, and he is so proud of his little lap dog he claps him on the shoulders like he looks terrified seeing him at first but he's like you're doing well and then he sings god sings the cloud serenade which i just remembered the thing that unsettled me so in in the previous scene earlier when um god orders the agent to 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 seduce june i don't know what happened just now but (laughs) orders him to seduce june he was with um this like gold gilded like person and he said he was he sent her away he was like thank you and he sent her away and he was like i don't want to see her again oh her right. smile is frowning yes. I th- she brought him food dinner or something right yes yeah and he was like oh so lovely thank you so much whatever and she's like super happy and she's like oh my god yay god likes me and she leaves and he's like, never again. Ew. <laughs> I never want to see her but face. She, but she's in the bar and her smile is like sewn up. And we only see it for a second. But as soon as I was like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> please. Oh, dance in a Stained in the cloud serenade I'm just a fool of love Or something like that So after God's singing We get more and more of the agent And June's relationship The watchword is Doing as his name suggests And watching it develop As he develops the pictures of the developments um, he sings the song, but, but he does. He sings the song, uh, the watchword, the watchword's hour. Meanwhile, we're we're still going like back and forth between like getting clips of the devil telling the story to like the mysterious stranger. So he's there. He's there. It's just yes, not important to this summary. Um, <laughs> The hour belongs to the watchword. <laughs> the watchword also knows that Cora loves June. 
And you know what? It then confirms that being gay is illegal in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what that's what that does. They were like, the way um, that you love her is illegal. And I was like, stop. <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> June. Playing with uh oh, I forgot. So um this is actually the moment where the ring is delivered to June, I believe, from the um, from the agent. She steals his keys, and at first it's like playing, but she runs off with them, and he chases her down to the library because she believes that he's gonna protect her, because of course she will and she's obviously not less important to her less important to him than his work serving God and all that so she goes into the library and he doesn't stop her he just kind of watches her duck beneath the chains and go straight to the forbidden book that has like an apple on it which I'm guessing is meant to represent temptation in all forms like Eve you know Also, I forgot to mention, I find it grossly unfair that that in the first movie, even though it's like for a plot, the women, the two women, get condemned to sin, hell, everything. And the man is the one that gets to go to heaven. Again, it's for plot, but still grossly unfair. And then we have a repeat of this same line in this movie admittedly it's because the character is already established in Mm. the previous film but (laughs) again it is the women that is led down the path of sin and then it is like because she keeps saying she did nothing wrong which I mean she kind of I mean yeah no she's she's wrong (laughs) she's wrong about that she did commit some things like if she didn't know fair enough but she knew like she wasn't supposed to go there and she just wanted to like press it and try um and she's convinced herself that nothing is wrong but it's still like it still like rests unsettled in my stomach when it's just like yeah women who are the ones at fault especially because it's like a troop of women that are the applicants so it's just like that too it's like wait a minute first of all where do all the men go (laughs) do they have their own like separate um application process or do they just because all of the all of the leading positions are taken by men the designer is a man the the the, what's it called the publicist is a man the watchword is a man they're all men yeah but like that's what i mean like the do they have a separate application process um questions that we'll never have answers to i guess but yeah i don't know maybe they in their own right have like their own temptation thing but we never get to see it so i can't be giving credit where we don't know (laughs) whether or not it's warranted I feel I don't know if it's like <clears throat> just a failing on their being able to write women of actual value mm. um, into 
into a film um, or just not give a woman uh, punishment. Yeah, I think I mean, if we look at this in context with like um, Repo as well, like yeah, the men tend to have better arcs mm-hmm. and you know, actually have arcs whereas like some like all of the women kind of like I don't know, there's like a short coming like there's like a something about their writing doesn't really make them feel like they have that much agency Mm -hmm. but like yeah if you like sort of put these movies together in a row it yeah it does feel a little bit like mm, different choices could have been made like it's fun and all but still yeah critical thinking (sighs) Cora is Cora no well Cora comes on the scene um with the rest of the applicants as June is uh, being taken down by the translators who um, are just like beating her. They're like beating her in the middle of the library to the point that the librarian is like, this is a library. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Um, But they just remove her from those premises to continue elsewhere uh the librarian uh after the fact is like listen this is why like we all act as one if one of us fails we all fail like we all reflect one and he sings the song hitting on all sevens which is when we also see like Cora beginning to fall in line with the ideology uh, that is being portrayed by the heavenly institution. All the seven something something. It's it's the song that finally because I was wondering what the hierarchy is here. Um in this representation and it finally gives like a full layout well not a full full layout but an explanation of the different uh levels of person that exists in heaven from the lap dogs which are number ones uh down different choirs to the sevens which are the workhorses so june after being completely beat gets like her face mauled is tossed down an elevator shaft all the way to hell oh yeah and she's like (laughs) Like pleading to um the agent who's kind of like standing there kind of like this was all a joke or a ploy or whatever i mean he doesn't say that but like it's kind of Mm -hmm. sort of i guess that's how she's meant to take it and then she gets sent to hell yeah she lands aside and we get to see like a younger versions of the ticket keeper the short hair and the devil who has a mustache so <laughs> i guess that means there's a youthful mistake um but it also seems to be like when the carnival was being 
built up because there doesn't seem to be that many people there. Yeah. But she lands and she doesn't really like want to because she just fell from heaven. I don't think she wants to like actively engage with anyone she meets. Also, her face is like shattered. (laughs) Yeah. Good lord. After running from the fool and the ticket keeper uh, ends up with a twin who she is still holding on to the ring that was given to her by the agent and of course seeing that it's a treasured possession the twin wants it which then confuses me because if the twin got it so early on because spoiler alert Mary Mary Woods the one that was being interrogated early on in the beginning is actually the twin so he already had the ring but we see that he gets it here because he tricks June by shape-shifting into the people that she cared for into Koran and into the agent and into the into herself as like they play a game of cups called uh while singing the song fair game i think after this uh having lost her ring uh cora then goes back again out into uh the carnival proper and she lucifer finally appears to her she is scared witless honestly i would be too like this just red man just appears but with the devil horns mm. um, but he seems to be like not terrible <laughs> like he actually speaks to her and like shows her that she can be like a part of something there with them if she just strips off the remnants of her past which is the armband and like after watching several other people do it she ends up doing it as well um and this is during another song which is after the fall da 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 sinners one sinners all something 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 after the fall i don't know why i started so low (laughs) after the fall it is revealed that the cloak figure that he was actually telling the story to, which he I don't think he needed to, to be very honest, because it's her story. But the cloaked figure was, in fact, the painted doll. Yes. Um, yeah. And she is going to be the one that is going to help him with his plan because he is aware of the fact that the agent is going to be coming down um because I guess he knows God's um, motives and motivations and plans. So he knows that he's coming and he plans to do something about it with her. The ticket keeper now uh, refuses to be kept outside any longer because the heavenly host is coming and you know he's not gonna let the devil which like 
annoys him but he's not gonna let the devil like wreck everything that they've built up here together because he's gonna stand in the way of the train when it comes back and the devil's like oh fine I'll tell you my plan <laughs> like just I hate martyrdom cut it out Jesus not Jesus but you know um, yes so heaven finally um, releases the agent um, after God gives him a package which is actually the book The Philly and the Lapdog as written by God so how Lucifer has it I don't know <laughs> unless he, he's like he has a copy of everything that is written by God I guess um, or maybe that's just their predetermined story cause you know there's this whole thing about like people's stories so I don't know why he would give him unless he's saying like his stories I don't know I don't know what the implication is but um he goes down to hell meanwhile God is entertaining the people in heaven he actually appears during one of the Cora is now a part of like the ladies of virtue yeah but they're wearing all black now and they're like a bit more like modern quote unquote more modern but still not of the modern era yeah um but she's now a lady of virtue Tell me uh, why, before you found the name Lady of Virtue just now, I was like, the heaven honeys. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, yes, uh, Lady of Virtue, God appears, and he, like, speaks to them all. It's like, I know you've heard rumors, Um but I have been welcoming these people with open arms because we are different than they are. They are the worst of the worst and we open our arms and then meanwhile we cut back to um, Marywood slash the twin who is just like her face is just like awful. It's just like beat to shit. And <laughs> it's like, so it's fine for you to tell lies then. Okay, no. um, that's fine propaganda is totally okay mm-hmm. and uh, they sing the song The Bells of the Black Sunday oh Barry Denon was in this movie as well he was Pontius Pilate in Jesus Christ Superstar oh I mean um, but- the, the actress who plays Cora was also in 90210 for several episodes so Da, 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 da. I don't know if this is the refrain or anything, but yeah. I'm so much paraphrasing that that melody. The agent, now in hell, stumbles upon the painted doll. Stumbles upon as in she was already in the stables and knew he was going to land there. So <laughs> she made sure she was there. She doesn't say anything to him. Like, she's looking at him, but she doesn't speak. Mm. And 
she kisses him uh kind of like very strongly and then the song hoof and lap the devil's carnival begins because it's them and the other carnies which is kind of like trapping him there and i guess it is the leading into temptation kind of a thing that's happening meanwhile lucifer is just um applying blue makeup he's been wearing like clown paint this entire time but now it's different now it's time for a battle again this is like an approximation of the melody we start to cut back in between during this song so we see that like lucifer is getting ready and like god is just kind of standing there waiting to give orders as like heaven begins to arm itself and marywood who again is a twin now like releases herself from her bindings and transforms from Meriwether into the agent so that he can disguise himself as if he was returning from his trip to hell how he knows that the agent is gone i don't know i feel like the twin is a little too op um and needs to be a little nerfed it's all i'm saying but we don't have a satisfactory ending for this because I feel like they plan to make yet another part to this. In the after credits, we get um, the agent who is the twin uh, singing to God uh, songs of old. It sort of just like ends on like uncertainty, I guess. My brain simply refuses to hear the melody. Um, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Songs of old, and then yeah, that's and then, it. <laughs> yeah. And now, it is time for our ratings. Yes. So, starting off as we always do with music and choreography. Um, the choreography in this was uh, non-existent, pretty much. <laughs> the the music, though, they've improved. <laughs> um, I feel like stylistically, this kind of um, the way that they structured and organized the songs in comparison to what they did with Repo, where it was just like long form sung through opera. It's like fun, and it's like uh a cult thing but i prefer the majority of the songs that they did here uh in the devil's carnival and the sequel um i just feel like a lot of them on a whole are stronger than and that's not to say that the songs in repo are bad that's not what i'm saying but the stylistic choices suit me a whole lot more and it feels a lot uh, more cohesive um, and I'm just saying you could see improvement happening so for that reason I'm going to give uh, music 
four. Yes, that that feels right. So four out of five trains to hell. Um. Yeah, I don't know. The music was okay. I I wasn't really as like drawn into the music this time as I was with Repo though. Um. But that might just be like an overall package thing for me. Um, I do agree that it's a lot more cohesive and like like it they all sort of it, it like matches itself <laughs> um, more than Repo did but uh, th- there's no like songs that like really really captured my soul um, in this in these two movies than in Repo um, so that all being said I still decent songs and so I will give them like 3.25 trains to hell oh big disparity okay fair enough strong so next we have story I appreciate what they are attempting to do I hope that they can like complete it and fulfill whatever overarching uh, story and conclusion that they're trying to get to I feel like on its own the Devil's Carnival could be a fine standalone movie. With this sequel, it is quite clear that there is more that needs to happen to the story, and therefore it cannot stand on its own as well. Um, but if this was never made, I think The Devil's Carnival would have been fine. The story also is different in between the two. Because in the first one, we focus more on these condemned souls, on John and Tamara and Mary Wood, and what's happening in their sins, even though it's focused in more on the filly and the lapdog, on that storyline, and that is the through current for most of the film, it still allows for a lot more world building and development of characters other characters than we got really in the first movie which it wasn't even it was an hour long so maybe they took that extra hour uh, half hour and put in some work uh, and so I appreciate that um, we got to see the other side and more of this whole kind of heaven and hell structure that they're building um could potentially do without the Nazi allegory but you know that's a choice that they made um so for story I will give it a 3.75 yes 3.75 Aesop books okay um yeah I think for me it kind of falls in that same category as like Godspell um I wish I knew what I gave Godspell but um where it's just like there okay here there's more of a like a cohesive like overarching story and everything that's going that's going on between the two movies um but 
focusing solely on like Devil's Carnival, the first quote unquote episode, um, yeah, it just sort of felt like stuff's happening in the movie. Um, and yeah, the second episode has more of like a narrative that they're trying to achieve. But I also agree that, like, on its own, it kind of doesn't have too, too much going for it. Like, I think they work really well together, like, consuming them one after the Mm -hmm. other, I think. Um, It works, like, really well that way. Um, But, yeah, I also could have done without (laughs) some some stuff, you know, the the Nazi (laughs) stuff the like women (laughs) the portrayal of women a little bit in this um there's just some things there are choices different choices could have been made um but you could say that of anything yeah um yeah yeah and also just this has nothing to do with anything but it just occurred to me that like there weren't any people of color (laughs) in this in the first movie, no, yeah. not at all. In the second one, the librarian yes, was black. Yes, That's about it. That is true. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I didn't like hate it or anything, but um, I definitely, again, not to super compare, you know, previous works, but I definitely vibed more with Repo than I did with The Devil's Carnival, um, which is not to say mm-hmm. that it's a bad movie or don't watch it or whatever because I still you know had a time um confusing time because I had to read the wikipedia afterwards to fully grasp what happened um (laughs) like I had to make sure because I was a little bit lost um but like maybe because I wasn't paying that much attention but anyways my point is um my rating for this will be yeah, I'm gonna stick with my three point two five. Three point two five books of fables. And now overall enjoyment. I enjoyed it. Um there were some lull bits, but again, that happens in pretty much every movie. I don't think I would change much of the way that it's being told because they seem to be like trying to firmly establish uh, this thing about stories and how and stories and morals and how they affect us um, and all of this thing and I would like to see where they go with it I don't have anything terribly bad to say about the films to be frank would I watch them again? Sure. They're not awful. <laughs> um, and I could, I could, I could stand to like, I feel like they're the kind of movies where you watch them with like the purpose of explaining them to someone else. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's like, okay, so there's this movie that is this and this, this, and this happens and just like let me know what you think about it 
that's the kind of movie that this is. Also, you need someone who likes musicals. (laughs) So I think I'll give it, for overall enjoyment, 3.5 rings of green. Um, yeah, I, it was fine, you know, it was a, an okay time, and I don't really have that much to add. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with 3.25. Again, it's not an awful movie or anything like that, it's just, I don't know, didn't float my boat as much as Repo did, and unfortunately, that's how my brain works. It like immediately goes to comparison <laughs> and being like, how much do I enjoy this than the other thing that is kind of similar or is by the same people? You know what I mean? So I, I mm-hmm. yeah. So <laughs> that's where I landed as a result. Um, so three point two five rings. Yes. Okay. Now's the time for obsessions, things we like, our opinions of news in the theater world. Yes, these are our obsessions. (laughs) Anyways, this is a part of the podcast where we talk about stuff that we have been vibing with. And yeah, just mainly that. Things we've been vibing with, including like theater news and stuff um so yeah i have a few i'm gonna try and be (laughs) i'm gonna try and rattle them off as quickly as i can so firstly uh we're getting two returns to the podcast of obsessions so i'm gonna try and do those as quickly as possible because i don't need to elaborate that much more um, first one being that Hades Town is coming back. Um, Hades Town is coming back, of course. What? I love it, and we know that. So Hades Town is coming back to Broadway. Um, second being Ben Flat released his single a couple weeks ago or whatever. <laughs> um, so there's that. It's been a mo- it's been a moment without. Yeah, ben it has. You know, Ben Flat has released a single. Imagine, I have a fun time with it. It's kind of like a mashup between his one single "Rain" and like maybe one of like the more slower, sad songs. Wait, I think I can pinpoint what song I think. Um, I all of a sudden have never heard Ben Flat. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like a, a mashup, or like the child of his song temporary love and his other song rain that it feels like that mm-hmm. um maybe even thematically lyrically but like just vibes wise that's how i feel anyways imagine stream it <laughs> um another thing that <laughs> uh, caught my eye and i'm like I don't want to say excited for it because, you know, things just can disappoint, you know? So I'm going to, like, try and be as, like, distant from the idea of really, really wanting this. Um, But Florence Welsh of Florence and the Machine is going to be working on the Great Gatsby musical, you know? Um, As 
you may or may not know the great gatsby has become part of the public domain from like last year sometime and when it happened i saw like thousands of tweets for like three weeks straight of people being like if you've ever thought of writing a great gatsby musical now is the time and i'm like okay gosh so much pressure um (laughs) and so that's happening uh that's exciting i i like um I like The Great Gatsby. I've seen the Baz Luhrmann movie and I've seen like a live sort of immersive theater version and I've also seen the 70s version and I quite like it um, in terms of like adaptations of the book. And I also saw that someone was like, you can't really uh, adapt it to a musical. And I'm like, you probably could. if the book writer is really good at choosing how it is and what it is they tell you um, and how it is to portray it in a way that's successful. Um, So that's happening. I want to be excited, but I also don't want to be excited in case it's a disappointment. But, you know, I love me some Florence and the Machine. So obviously Broadway's coming back. (laughs) Um, So that's the thing. Uh, 14th of September, I think they said. I don't know how they can be so specific with when, but go off, um, I suppose. Okay, so Phantom of the Opera has cast their first black Christine Daae. And that is so exciting because, like, wow, first, only now, wild times. <laughs> but here she is, Lucy St. Louis or Lucy St. Louis, not sure. Um, she will be playing Christine Daae in the London production of Phantom of the Opera, which is said to be opening on the 27th of July. Yes, that's it for me. I don't have much. I've been vibing with the song Maybe I Like It This Way from Wild Party. Yeah. Um, it is inspiring me to write several angsty things (laughs) so that is all (laughs) that I have really (laughs) fair enough thank you for um, listening to the podcast Uh, if you would like to follow us on social media we are TMMTMM podcast on both Instagram and Twitter and we have a Tumblr where you can follow us at tellmemoretellmemorepodcast.tumblr.com you can email us at tell me more tell me more podcast at gmail.com you can listen to our favorite songs of some of the musicals that do have their soundtracks and stuff on spotify if you search tell me more tell me more podcast or tmm tmm podcast and you go to the profile and not the podcast itself you will find four playlists for each year that this podcast has existed um we do have a patreon but you don't need to worry about that just yet we will add some things but in case you are wanting to check up on it it's um patreon.com forward slash tmm podcast if you felt a little overwhelmed with all of the things that i just told you go to either our twitter or instagram and there is a link that will just deliver you to all the links to 
um, that we have for things that we have. You know? Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. We're still in Monster May, so you can catch us in our next episode where we will be taking a lighter approach, I suppose, to monsters with Little Shop of Horrors. So catch us in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until then, I have been your host, Leah. I've been your host, Adicia. (laughs) And this has been Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. Goodbye. Bye.